It's the first day of the sixth month, also known as day 152 of year 2021. So much has happened so far, and there's so much yet to come. Welcome to another installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, which seeks to capture some of what happens as we are carried on this river of time. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, ready to get to the point. In today's installment, Albemarle supervisors are briefed on the status of an economic development planning exercise for the area around the Woolen Mills, a conversation about policing and security at Charlottesville public housing sites, a new creative director at Live Arts, and Martinsville and Henry County agree on reversion. In today's Substack-fueled shout-out, Code for Charlottesville is seeking volunteers with tech, data, design, and research skills to work on community service projects. Founded in September of 2019, Code for Charlottesville has worked on projects with the Legal Aid Justice Center, the Charlottesville Fire Department, and the Charlottesville Office of Human Rights. Visit the Code for Charlottesville website to learn more, including details on several projects that are underway. This show is nearly a year old now, having launched to the public the second week of July during the pandemic. Sometimes the various segments come together as a theme. Sometimes there are just things I just want to get on the record, somewhere. In today's show, and for much of this first week of June, there will be a lot of catching up. The first story today, there is a new artistic director at Live Arts. Susan E. Evans will take over Effective Today, arriving from the San Francisco Bay Area, where she most recently ran the 187-seat Old Town Theater in Lafayette, California. Before that, she was artistic director at the Douglas Morrison Theater in Hayward, and before that, she was with the East Enders Repertory Company, also in the Bay Area. There were over 140 applications for the position. Live Arts was founded in 1990. The city of Martinsville and Henry County in Southside, Virginia, have reached an agreement in which Martinsville will revert to a town. In late April, the two governing bodies met in a mediated closed session, according to the minutes of the May meeting of the Virginia Commission on Local Government. That body must approve the agreement when it is finalized. According to the Martinsville Bulletin, the seven-member Martinsville City Council and the six-member Henry County Board of Supervisors met at a joint meeting on May 26th and agreed on a rough sketch of a memorandum of understanding for the reversion. That agreement does not specify when the reversion will take place, but the two parties have agreed to let the Commission on Local Government pick the date. In 2019, the Albemarle County Economic Development Department began a planning study of the roadway that leads to the Woolen Mills Factory, a historic property that has been renovated in recent years by developer Brian Roy. The main entrance is along Broadway Avenue, which extends from Carlton Avenue at the border between the city of Charlottesville and Albemarle County. In all, there are about 45 acres of land that were the subject of an interim study presented to the Board of Supervisors in November of 2019. J.T. Newberry is in the Economic Development Department. The, uh, the goal at that time was to leverage the public and private investment that had um, taken place and projected to take place with the Woolen Mills redevelopment and Willow Tree uh, relocation to that site. Much of the land is zoned for light industrial use, and several businesses are operating in the area. 
Construction of a new Woolen Mills Industrial Park is also underway. The Board of Supervisors was to have seen the results of an implementation study in April of 2020, but the pandemic put a pause on the work. Nevertheless, we we tried to stay engaged with stakeholders on the corridor. There have been a, a number of projects that have continued on the private side. After the interim study, Albemarle staff met with city staff at least twice, and the blueprint has been run by the Planning Commission, the Economic Development Authority, and the Office of Equity and Inclusion. The latter suggested a new approach to the project following the signing of a memorandum of understanding on the topic by Charlottesville, Albemarle, and the University of Virginia. Roger Johnson is the Director of Economic Development for Albemarle. We are going to pause our project and go back and review the Broadway corridor through an equity lens. We don't know if that will change anything substantively or not, but we expect that it will. That will include a meeting with the city's new Deputy City Manager of Racial Equity, Diversity and Inclusion. Next steps could include creation of a business association for the area, similar to the Downtown Crozet Association. Another would be to create an arts and cultural district for the location. Some other types of activities we're contemplating is complete with pedestrian and bike connectivity, multimodal streetscapes, enhanced public transportation. Those activities are now considered to be long-term goals. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. In today's second Substack public service announcement, The Piedmont Master Gardeners and the Virginia Cooperative Extension will host an online presentation by author Douglas Ptolemy on The Nature of Oaks at 7 p.m. Thursday, June 3rd. Admission is $15. Register by 5 p.m. tomorrow at piedmontmastergardeners.org slash events to reserve a spot in the program. A longtime professor at the University of Delaware and author of widely acclaimed books such as Bringing Nature Home and Nature's Best Hope, Ptolemy has shown how we can help save nature's ecological riches in our backyards. In his latest book, The Nature of Oaks, he explains how adding native oak trees to our home landscapes is one of the best ways to help heal the planet. Finally today, At the beginning of May, a contract for a security firm to patrol public housing sites lapsed. The Board of Commissioners of the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority discussed the matter at their meeting on Monday, May 24th. Commissioner Laura Goldblatt is a member of the CRHA Safety Committee and had an update. There was a lot of discussion and has been a lot of discussion in the past few about the role that residents want to see um, for police and what policing, what they want policing to look like um, in their neighborhoods, but also the role that they want various community safety initiatives um, to play. And also a feeling of like a perceived, I should say, like a perceived lack of services or um, a desire for creativity around certain services. So we spent a lot of time discussing mental health and trauma services. Goldblatt said there is a need for trauma counselors who understand the experience of living in public housing. She said some residents have anxiety about the lack of security services at the moment. So I know that we, we've been working towards an RFP to think about the various kinds of services we would send out for. 
Charlottesville Mayor Nakia Walker said she's been meeting with Police Chief Rochelle Brackney and CRHA Executive Director John Sales about the security issue. Chief Brackney's position is that um, in response to the security firm no longer being present, that they are being asked to increase police presence. And this is coming at the you know, heels of a lot of um, change, but very loud community response to not having cameras, not having police presence. And now there is a request for this increase from a community who is asking to um, defund where there is being a significant amount of resources being spent on um, increased patrol on the Thursday, Friday and Saturday timeframe right now. The police have been stepping in in the interim to try to prevent additional shootings. Chief Brackney is seeking a letter from CRHA about the rules of engagement for future patrols in order to ensure everyone in the community is on the same page as regards to why the Charlottesville Police Department is there. So that we could be clear that um, as we were being asked to increase our presence in the community, as we were being asked to use whatever tools and technologies that we had to be able to respond to the increase in violence in the community, as well as the fact as of May 2nd, there was no security team or security profile there um, in the community. Chief Brackney said she wants the letter to guard against comments from the community about over-policing. So when there is a lot of presence, I want the community to understand that this is something that the residents are asking for of us as well. Brackney said as of May 20th, there had been 121 shootings in the city, with many of them taking place on or near CRHA properties. She said that's up 51 percent over this time last year. Shelby Edwards, the executive director of the Public Housing Association of Residents, or FAR, said she was not certain her organization was ready to sign such a letter. And I love and appreciate the idea of uniformity and as far as as far as approach. But I think what we always wonder as we continue to serve the community, if we sign a letter that that says we co-signs and, and to be clear to the public, we have not signed anything. There is no letter. Um, quite yet. I I just wonder if anything goes down on CPD's watch, how would that look like for us? Walker said she supported an agreement because it could set up better relations between police and the community into the future as people in positions of power change. In the past, police have just come into the community and policed how they want. I think creating this kind of Um, partnership, having it in writing also gives um, an example for what future policing looks like if it's needed. And um, hopefully that we can prevent some of the harm by organizations like CRHA FAR being able to say, hey, this is what we did in 2021 and we want to follow a model similar to that. CRHA Commissioner Laura Goldblatt said if there is to be an increase in police presence at public housing sites, she wanted additional mental health services as well. Chief Brackney said she understood and hoped that police presence would not be required in the future. Um, I would also wish that we, that we should understand and appreciate that police presence isn't the only thing that should or are triggering events in our communities. 
it would seem to me the reasons that we're getting called there should be triggering events for our communities as well. And I'm sure they are. I come from those communities and grew up in those communities. Brackney said that for the past several weekends, several officers have been dedicated overnight to sites at West Haven, South First Street and Sixth Street, and there have been no shootings. Police presence does make a difference. We also know the police presence will then, people will find a different place to go and it will find another pathway. So we have to be careful that we don't push it into another community or another area, that we get to the root causes of it to start. CRHA Executive Director John Sales said in an email to me today that so far there is no letter, but one is in the works. Stay tuned, and we'll have more from this CRHA meeting from May 24th in an upcoming episode. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Thanks, as always, for listening. As I said, this is going to be a catch-up week, so you might hear a lot of things from previous meetings. Uh, Even though it didn't happen yesterday, it's still something that I think you should know. And of course, several of you are paying for this, which is fantastic. Hundreds of you are reading at this point, and a subset of that is paying through a subscription, through Substack, through a Patreon donation. That sets up and supports supports general research uh, in and uh, support for the business. There are other ways to get involved, I'm sure, but the most important one now is that Substack subscription. If you subscribe through Substack, Ting will match that subscription, which is pretty awesome. Thank you to Ting for supporting my brand of local journalism. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of Charlottesville Community Engagement, and I will be back tomorrow with another installment, hopefully on transit. I missed the bus this last time on that one. Thank you very much, and uh, stay safe out there. I'm going to keep saying it because I really do want you and your family to be safe, secure, and uh, to be able to enjoy uh, some of the blessings of being alive. Thanks a lot. 